Hello everyone, this is Kiwi, a sophomore nursing student from USC, and I am more than just a nurse. And this is Kyle, also a sophomore nursing student from USD, and I am more than just a nurse. And today, we are going to tackle our reflections on our last topic in pharmacology class, the care of patients receiving drugs acting on the autonomic nervous system. But before we discuss everything on what have we learned about this topic, I would just like to commend our professor for making this easier for us to understand. Right, partner? Without a doubt, partner. The lessons have been so much fun and were easier to understand. I enjoyed how there's a diversity of activities, such as our geoparty activity, and how we can express our knowledge creatively through forms of infographics and through the form of this podcast. I agree with that, partner. So let's dive into this topic, shall we? So what is the autonomic nervous system? Um, can you give us a short introduction about that, student nurse Hillary? The ANS, or the autonomic nervous system, is divided into two. First is the sympathetic nervous system, also known as the fight or flight. In simple terms, these are activated every time we feel stressed. When it is activated, our body and its organ also changes. For example, our pupils dilate, our heart rate increases, our blood vessels begin to contract, and we also start to sweat profusely while our stomach and bladder are in a relaxed state. On the other hand, the other division is called the parasympathetic nervous system, also known as the rest and digest. Contrary to the sympathetic nervous system, it is the body's response every time we are relaxed. Our pupils and urinary bladder tend to constrict. Our heart rate decreases. However, we have to take note that the gastrointestinal secretions increase, so diarrhea may be present. Oftentimes, you may even hear your stomach growling, and there might even be a presence of salivation. Isn't it fascinating that the human body adapts to a given situation? How are the natural responses that we do not voluntarily control but occur even if you are not aware? That's right, partner. But as future nurses, what do you think are the special things that we have to consider in caring for our patients who are receiving medications, specifically for the ANS? Since we talked about the two divisions earlier, let's start off with the medications related to the sympathetic nervous system or what we call the adrenergic agents. The adrenergic agonists works by stimulating the receptor sites and they are usually used for cardiac, respiratory, and GI disorders. These are more commonly used for patients who are in shock, stimulating the increase of heart rate and their blood pressure. Indeed, that there are a lot of specific interactions with these adrenergic agonists. As nurses, if a patient is about to go surgery, the drug should not be discontinued abruptly because it might cause sudden decrease in blood pressure, which we do not want to happen prior to the procedure. Not just that, partner. We also have to educate our patients to be extra careful. Since the pupils tend to dilate and increase heart rate occurs, they may need assistance to avoid accidents. And if possible, Lighting and the temperature must also be controlled just enough for what the patient can tolerate. We should also warn them about taking over-the-counter drugs or other medications that may have possible drug interactions 
as we don't want our patient to have an increased blood pressure. That's right. And if ever they're using lethal decongestants, it should not be abused as it might cause rebound congestion in the nose. Since these drugs also have a significant effect for asthmatic patients, they might notice that there is a decreased difficulty in breathing and lesser cough episodes. Well, now that we talked about the drugs that stimulate the sympathetic nervous system, there are also drugs that inhibit or block the effects. Adrenergic blocking agents are medications that bind to adrenergic receptors. So if a patient has increased blood pressure, like a hypertensive patient, they usually take these medications to lower their blood pressure. It is used to counteract the excessive narrowing of the blood vessels. We must take caution when we intake these drugs because for patients with asthma or have bronchospasm, they must be careful of certain adrenergic agonists as it may affect their respiratory system, making it more difficult for them to breathe. And in addition to these medications, we must encourage our patients to improve their lifestyle by reducing their salt and fat intake. Aside from that, they should also avoid too much stress and smoking because all of these are associated with high blood pressure. Partner, we also have to remind our patients that if there is an increased fatigue, weakness, or dizziness that occurs, they must immediately consult their physicians in order to manage these symptoms immediately. We also need to tell them to report any extreme effects, such as hypotension and bradycardia. Now that we have shared this information to our listeners, my memory is refreshed on what have we discussed in our class. Surely, this can be very helpful to other student nurses and our patients as well. Now, partner, can we move on to the other division of the ANS agents? Well, earlier we mentioned that the parasympathetic nervous system has an opposing effect to the adrenergic or sympathetic agents. Now. These medications are also called as the cholinergic agents. For cholinergic agonists, we have to take note that these drugs have no effect on the blood vessels. For us to remember its effects easier, remember the acronym SLUDGE. May you explain it further? Go. Basically, S is for salivation or the secretion of saliva. For the secretion of the tears, also known as lacrimation, which is the L. An involuntary leakage of the urine might also occur, which is U, meaning the urinary incontinence, D for diarrhea, G for gastrointestinal or stomach cramps, and lastly, E for emesis or vomiting in layman's. Some of these drugs may be used for more specific diseases, such as myasthenia gravis, Alzheimer's, or dementia. Thus, these medications should only be taken as ordered. We have to remind our patients that it doesn't mainly cure the disease, but only delays its progression. We have to put our best efforts to ensure the adherence of our patients to their medication. We must also remind them that the effects of the drugs may not immediately be seen, such as a patient with Alzheimer's taking donapazil. It may take up to six weeks before they may notice any effects. Partner, I would just like to add up that for clients diagnosed with myasthenia gibia, their drugs must be taken at the same time every day and having an alarm clock is very helpful so they won't miss the intake of their medication. And in order for them to improve chewing and swallowing, the medication is preferably taken 30 minutes before eating. Let's not forget 
that for our patients taking cholinergic agonists, it is important that we also have atropine on standby, just in case the patient may overdose. Proceeding to the last topic is we have the anticholinergic agents. These medications do not have an effect in the blood vessels and do not cause vasoconstriction. These are generally used by patients with bradycardia and are also used as a GI agent in cases of hypermotility and may decrease secretions in ulcers. Since these medications affect the eye, we also have to ensure the proper administration of the drug. A pressure must be applied in the inner portion of the eyes to prevent systemic drug absorption. Just like what was mentioned earlier, it is important to control the light and temperature for the patient's comfort. Mouth care, small frequent feeding, and voiding before taking the medication are some of the points that we need to remind to our patients as well. As for anticholinergic agents, there should be antilirium on standby. Antilirium acts as an antidote to atropine in case that there might be any possible overdoses. And like all the previous mentioned medications, we need to mention that we have to take these medications as prescribed, as overdosing may lead to possible... The intake of antihistamine cholinergics, where revision might be a problem and patients need to be extra careful, especially when driving. If possible, patients may also want to wear dark glasses or sunglasses since they may experience sensitivity to light, and most importantly, they have to consult their physician before taking any other medication, including those OTC medications because these drugs might interact with I agree with you, partner. Taking these medications must be given importance to achieve its intended therapeutic effects. So, after everything that we have discussed in our class and for today, what are your key takeaways, partner? For me, as a future healthcare professional, I think that it is very important that we know what are the usual side effects of the AMS medications. So if ever we encounter a usual scenario, then we know what to do and how to manage it with all of the knowledge we have right now and what we can learn more in our future experiences. We also know that not all of our patients are also aware of the specific... For example, the proper timing of the intake of the medication. As nurses, I think it is also our role to educate them and the family members as well so they can properly adhere to it. It is also very important to properly know their health history since different drugs might interact with one another. In my own family, most of them have hypertension. Even though I'm just a student nurse as of the moment, I realize that I should apply all of my learnings as early as now. Not just that partner because personally, I go. Before, I had no idea of how the medications given to me work. But as we go on with our discussion, I noticed that before, I also experienced the therapeutic side of the drugs after adhering with my medications. For example, my difficulty in breathing is managed and lessened. Just like what the title of our podcast implies, we are more than just a nurse. Our role in managing patients receiving autonomic nervous system agents is very vital. If they are properly educated with drugs intended and side effects, they will know if their situation is getting worse or better. But what about you, partner? Well, for me, tackling this topic shows me the importance of monitoring our body and observing any changes in the patient's behavior. 
alongside with the proper nursing care and management, I think it is also important to take note of the effects of these medications and how they affect our bodies. Therefore, we can observe the patient's current status and analyze if the medication may truly benefit them. Personally, I too have a lot of family members who take anticholinergics due to their cardiac problems, mostly to reduce their blood pressure. Sometimes, they forget to take their medications as prescribed and I can see the effects of not adhering to the prescription. Ever since then, I helped them arrange their medication schedules. It also helped me get more into the nitty-gritty of how these medications work, so if ever they ask for a comprehensive explanation, I could answer. As a student nurse and a future healthcare professional, I try to take into my mind and heart the lessons discussed, so that if ever face-to-face classes pursue, I may give the right health teachings and avoid any possible health teachings that may hinder or even be a death. Very well said, partner. After your insights, I think this is where our first episode ends. I hope you have found our podcast to be fun and informative. And I hope you have learned something new. Thank you guys for listening. Once again, this is student nurse Hilary. And I'm student nurse Kyle. And we we are are more than just a nurse. nurse.